Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this. Turn up the volume and let's go. I'm back from Israel and I picked up four cold sores while I was there. I wasn't kissing anybody but the Holy Land itself, but uh, I I got sick there. But ultimately, I came back with such a deeper understanding of biblical um, geography, and I stood on some amazing places. Um, I stood on the spot where Jesus was crucified. I I, I was in Nazareth. I was in Bethlehem. I was on the Sea of Galilee. I went to a bunch of places. I have to go look at my notes and tell you where all I went, but I saw the whole thing, and let me tell you, it is a culture of conflict over there, and those lives of the Palestinians and the Jews are so inexplicably intertwined. I don't know how it'll ever be fixed until the Lord Jesus returns. It ain't going to be fixed. But I want to say thank you to Lucas and to Jay who made all that happen. It was just an amazing opportunity and uh, Renee for letting me go. And I'm just thrilled to be back. And while I was there, I was able to stand on Mount Carmel where Elijah, the prophet, called down fire from heaven where he had taken the sacrifice and he poured water over it and dug ditches and said, the God who answers by fire, come down. It's where he taunted the prophets of Baal and said, maybe your prophet Baal is asleep. In the New Living Bible, it says maybe he's on the toilet. Like it's just, he, he, he was a showdown on Mount Carmel. And so here, right here, there's a Catholic church on this Mount Carmel. But I shot this amazing Catholic video with my own hands, the wrong direction. I know I should have turned my camera. But that is a a statue of the prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel hacking up the prophets of Baal when the showdown was over. And as I was standing there, amazing selfie, next, beep. Oh, yeah, look at that. There's God's man of faith and power with the hat Renee hates that I love with my tour guide earpiece in and my amazing Carhartt fanny pack strapped around my body so it would not ever be confused with a European man bag. But there I am, shut the phones off, but there I am. And that valley is the Valley of Armageddon. So from Mount Carmel, you can see the Valley of Armageddon and it's historically been known as the place where all the armies of the earth will come in that one last battle. And as I was standing there in the face of all the, 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 the awareness of this is Mount Carmel where God answered by fire and this is Armageddon where there's going to be a showdown most likely in the last days. It was like God impressed in my heart. I have been with you and I will be with you and I am still the God that answers by fire and I'm still the God who comes through on your behalf when you ask me. And so while I was there, I thought about that. And you know, shortly after the victory, when the forces of good and the forces of evil um, came together and God won, shortly thereafter, this next video, you'll see I'm holding the camera and I'm pointing, and then I'm going to zoom in. And this is the brook Cherith where Elijah the prophet ran and hid after, right there at that overpass, there's a little brook down there. That's where he went and wanted to die after the battle of spiritual adversity that he fought on the mountain of Carmel on that day. 
And so all of this is in my spirit, as I tell you, we are engaged in a spiritual conflict. Like, I don't know about you, but the world has gotten much darker as far as where I'm at, and I'm kind of on the front lines of spiritual battle. Since 2020, things have gotten worse. And so I'm going to talk about demons today, not something I normally do. We don't typically make a big deal about that, but it is part of biblical theology. And so people make two mistakes about demons. They either uh, say they're nowhere, it's not a thing, or they say they're everywhere and I'm just super interested and got to know more. Like uh, two mistakes you can make with that. And so this Newsweek article that I'm putting on the screen right now says Satan is getting hot as hell in American pop culture. More and more and more, there is this heightened, heightened pushing of the demonic as a as entertainment. And let me tell you something. Christians are not entertained by the demonic. Believers in Jesus don't gather their family together around the television to watch satanic horror shows and call it entertainment. Woo, I'm up on it. I'm I'm preaching in it today. Feels good. But seriously, like we don't draw entertainment from evil. We don't call what is good I'm sorry, we don't call what is evil good and bring it into our spirits. For example, on Hulu, in FX, there's a new um, cartoon. How many of y'all watched The Simpsons when you weren't supposed to as a child, be honest? Yeah, yeah, I know it. You all did. Bunch of lying, thieving. Seriously, you watch it. Well, this, this new cartoon is called The Little Demon. And it's a comedy series about Satan and the Antichrist. It was created by a company that's owned by Disney. And uh, 13 years after being impregnated by Satan, Laura, that little girl, I'm sorry, Laura, who isn't in the picture, and her antichrist daughter, Chrissy, attempt to live an ordinary life in Delaware. Now, I've been to Delaware, and that part of the plot makes sense. It ain't that great, okay? (laughs) But they're constantly overwhelmed by monstrous forces, including Satan, who want custody of Chrissy's soul. And so this this is entertainment. This is cartoons. This is the normalizing of the occult. The normalizing of the evil that is in the earth. The the mainstreaming of darkness is all around us. For example, in Brazil, they had a parade recently. And here's some of the, just the innocuous and normal little, oh, it's cute. It's fun. We're just showing the world that we worship the devil, that we worship Lucifer. These are images from a parade that was happened, happening in in Brazil. And and this this is normal. And then, of course, the Grammys and Sam Smith. I didn't go off on it like I felt like it at the time because I get a little too much. But this is, you know, the Grammys. Like, And they tell you not to take place and not be a part of the culture world while they invite you into your living room to sit around and learn how to worship the devil. And we're not buying what they're selling. I said the church is not buying what the world is selling. We're not buying what they're selling. And so this is a spiritual war. But what makes me more livid than anything is that when the church is deceived, when the church follows the path of apostasy, for example, in the Church of England right now, we have this article, I just snipped it, didn't have to look hard for it. The Church of England's first non-binary priest says queer people are a blessing of the church. And the quote is, when I'm wearing my collar, it lets children know it's okay. It's not okay. It'll never be okay. And the word anathema is written over the door of that church. We do not derive entertainment from drag queens. We don't 
compromise the truth of God's word with what culture says is okay. Culture can say whatever it wants to is okay. Matter of fact, this week, the United Nations passed a resolution making pedophilia something that's not quite so detestable and pulling back on pedophilia. I don't care what culture the United Nations, the government, or whomever has to say about what is right. The word of God determines righteousness. The word of God will not pass away. And that's not just in England, it's in Florida. In St. Petersburg, Florida, we have the Methodist drag queen, Miss Pentecost, which Pentecost, which is a play off the word Pentecost, returns in, in Florida children's sermons. Uh, hell's going to be hot, people. Hell's going to be hot. And somebody got to go to hell, and it looks like these people are planning on going. And I'm not being judgmental, but yes, I am, because the judgment of God is clear, and this is not something that would be in alignment with the truth of God's word. And if you have fallen off of the, the path of righteousness and somehow you want to coddle and, 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 and condone, you have, you have followed the path of the teachings of demons and the doctrines of devils. Welcome to the Courageous Church. I hope the stream's still up. I love you. But we're not playing that, and it's not what we're about because it's not what God is about. And so this overwhelming teaching of tolerance as the highest virtue imaginable has resulted in a nation that refuses repentance in any way. We, we know that we are not held by darkness when we will repent and say, Lord, I am wrong, you are right and say, Lord, I have drifted, and I'm coming back to you. Lord, I have followed my own ideas and my own designs, but I'm coming back to where you say I need to be because demons will not repent, and Christians who won't repent are very similar to demons. I'm back from vacation. <laughs> I love you. But I, I just, you know, I'm on the front lines of this, and children are being indoctrinated in our schools, through media, through their devices, and things the church used to say we could work around. There's no workarounds anymore. This is the church of the living God. This is the place of God's holiness and purity and righteousness. And while we're a soul-saving station, we're not rubber-stamping culture along the way. Satan, this concept of darkness appears all the time in Scripture. It's not a foreign thing to Scripture, like over and over again. Now, you don't get one name that, that defines Satan, Lucifer, the darkness, but there's tons of names in Scripture. I'm going to read some of them to you so that you understand it's everywhere. Abaddon, Revelation 9, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, the accuser of the brethren, Revelation 12, the adversary, 1 Peter 5, the lawless one, 2 Thessalonians 2. Apollyon of the destroyer, Revelation 9. The liar, John 8. Beelzebub, Matthew 12. Morning star, Isaiah 14. Belial, 2 Corinthians 6. The murderer, John 8. The deceiver, Revelation 12. The prince and power and ruler of the air, Ephesians 2. The devil, Luke 4. 
the ruler of this world, John 12, the enemy, Matthew 13, Satan, Acts 26, the evil one, Matthew 13, the serpent, Revelation 12, the father of lies, John 8, the tempter, 1 Thessalonians 3, and old Slewfoot in the little country church I grew up in. Listen, it's everywhere in Scripture. And while we don't exalt that, we don't deny that either. And so uh, I have encountered demonic things, and I don't say that to glorify it, but I'm not some freak. I just, I've been the pastor of this church as of last Sunday for 19 years. I'm not falling off some turnip truck. I've been through hell and high water. I've been through good times and bad times. I've been loved and hated and, 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 and praised and cussed. And I've stood here and proclaimed Christ through all these things. And um, to say that, um, I, have, I have been pinned on my bed at night by evil spirits. I have had people that, um, that were full of devils um, attack God's church and stood against them. I have had people come to this church. I'm at the north side right now. Hope the stream's up. I'm at the north side right now. And uh, we have had people come and release snakes in the church and draw pentagrams on the outside of the building and all these kind of weird, whacked out, crazy things and drop tarot cards in the pews and put them in the offering, all this kind of weirdness. Um, we've also had strippers come and drop off big bundles of ones with glitter in them, which was interesting. We've had all that happen. Um, but I remember one time I did see the death angel. There was a man who was attacking a church, not ours. And I was standing in a church service and I saw the death angel come. It was a, a, a masculine, strong looking figure in a brown robe come and stand behind a man. And as he stood there like this, the wings of his, the wings of an angel came up and folded in front of him like a point, and I realized that was the death angel. And I told my friend, I just saw the death angel on that man. And two weeks later, he died in his office. I've seen the paranormal. I've experienced the paranormal. I don't worship the paranormal. I worship God. But ultimately, we believe in the things that are unseen more than we believe in the things that are seen. Most of what we see today is a fake. And with AI being what it is, who knows what truth will be? I know what truth is. You show up and you'll hear this. It'll be absolute truth. The other stuff, who knows what truth is going to be? And so we're turning to Luke chapter 11, verse 14 today. And Jesus' words, and it was normal for Jesus to cast out devils. He didn't counsel devils. He cast out devils. He said to a devil, you cannot stay here. Devils don't repent. Devils don't receive grace and mercy. Devils get cast out. Can I have an amen from the church? Don't get soft on spiritual warfare, people. We can't be a soft church in these last days. You know what makes a church great? A super strong yes, but an equally super strong no as well. There's some things that aren't going to happen here. There are, some, there are some ideas that aren't going to take root here. There are some people that are not going to have influence here. There's also a whole lot of people that are going to be blessed and encouraged and lifted up. But this is the church of the living God, and it will be governed by his word. Amen? Amen. Luke eleven fourteen. Now, when he was casting out a demon that was mute, when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. I comb my own hair today, so whatever's happening up there, I want to take full responsibility for it. Renee has no responsibility for what's on my head today. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. 
But some of them said he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. He's casting out demons because he's full of demons himself. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. So he's casting out demons and people are discrediting him along the way. He's a devil, that's why he's able to cast out devils. And they were saying, um, I need more, I gotta see more. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? First off, the devil doesn't have any church splits. There's no, there's no devils breaking off, starting other hells. Like hell is unified spiritually. The church of the living God needs to be unified spiritually. Okay, if Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by the power of more demons, Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. Now, there's something about the sons they didn't want to be judged by. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Here it is. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Jesus is saying, quit living in the middle here. Quit trying to discount and discredit my authoritative manner in dealing with spiritual adversity. You're either on the Lord's side or you're not. It's just as simple as the prophet on the mountain of Carmel with the prophets of Baal. Who is on the Lord's side? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. If Beelzebub be God, serve him. If God be God, serve him. One thing God will not tolerate is halfway worship. We're either all in on God or we need to run after what is evil. It's interesting, all of the push the church should be, and the church is, the church is open, loving, kind, welcoming, and diverse. It's for everybody. Whosoever will, let them come drink of the water of life freely. And so, yes, we are that. But the church also must be spiritually wise and spiritually powerful. We're not just living in a materialistic world. We're not just de dealing in a world where the things that you can touch and see are real. Listen, there is a whole level of spiritual principalities and powers. There is spiritual wickedness in high places. There are things in spiritual government that come against me even now as I preach the word of God. Preaching is exhausting, not just because I'm talking to your heads and hearts, but because I'm challenging things in the atmosphere that would like to take over. And I'm no Superman. Everybody that stands behind the pulpit should be doing the same thing. But we believe in the things that are unseen more than the things that are seen. And there is a spiritual world, and it's important that we talk about it every once in a while. Like Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's possible to suffer defeat in life because you don't have knowledge. And just because you ignore something doesn't mean it's going to go away. Like we need to live in the real world, and the real world as God defines us, as God defines it means there are spiritual strongholds that must be broken. 
It's not always something that needs to be counseled out or therapied out or loved out. There are some things that just need to be cast out by somebody who has Holy Ghost authority and stands on the Word of God. C.S. Lewis, and I'm not a big fan, but he has a quote here in his book called The Screwtape Letters. He says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve their existence, and the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. And so uh, there's, there's errors that can be made, uh, but understand something. When you're dealing with struggles and strongholds in life, um, there's three places it can come from. First off, we live in a fallen world, okay? There will be cancer. There will be flat tires. There will be mosquitoes. There will be house fires. There will be sick grandmas, and there will be dying babies until Jesus returns. None of that is good. It is all because we live in a fallen world that has been shaped by sin. And so that will not change. The second place that problems can come from is the self. You can be broken. You could have not received what you needed along the way, and you have unhealthy emotions and and toxic thinking, and you believed lies, and your desires have been corrupted by sin. It can come from, 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 from the world. It can come from yourself. But then there's a third place that things can come from, and, and um, it's the enemy. It's demonic forces and evil spirits. And the Bible says some sicknesses were sicknesses of the first two, but some sicknesses in the Bible were from the last one. They were sicknesses that were oppressed upon people from the enemy, from the adversary. Some sicknesses in the Bible were caused by demonic attack. And so you need to be able to figure out what it is. You need wisdom. You need spiritual authority in your life. And you need the Holy Spirit to guide you. And so we don't assume what it is we're dealing with. We don't over-spiritualize. Neither do we under-spiritualize. We pray and ask God to help us to see what is happening with spiritual eyes. Lord, let the eyes of my spirit see the things that are happening in the earth so I can take due authority and establish your order where it needs to be established. That's one of my common prayers when it comes to dealing with the hardships of people's lives and struggles and things like that. And so I don't know if you've all been a fight in a fight in the lunchroom back in the day in school, but you know, you're, 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 you're doing your thing at school. I hope the stream's still on, doing our thing in school and you got your plate and someone bows up on you and, and pushes you or something in the lunchroom. And what you do is you put the tray down and you bow up. Bow up. Spiritually speaking, every one of us has to have a bow up. Where, you know, my kids are teenagers and they are crazy, but what I feel in this house is not from God. And so, we got a problem here? I'm all bowed up. I'm all bowed up. You're not going to put your hand on... When your children wake up in the night terrified, screaming with night terrors, and they don't know what's going on, and they say, they say things that, make, that freak you out. Sometimes kids will say, there's, there's a... They'll call it something or whatever, but it is darkness vying for the souls of your children and sowing the spirit of fear inside of them. And you've maybe opened up something in your home. You've been watching a bunch of nasty pornography and you've been watching a bunch of horror films and you've been bringing in, you've been bringing in spirits and maybe something's attached itself to you from back when you were dealing drugs and the sorcery of all that. I don't know what it is, but you can break all that by saying, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. This is God's ground. We 
are children of the Most High, God. The Word of God is right, and I plead the blood of the Lamb over this baby. I call upon the power of the risen Christ over this house. The devil has to go. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When your kids are confused, you better pray. When your children are being battered and lied to by the enemy, it's time to find a place and pray until the atmosphere shifts. It's called praying through. You pray through it. You go through it. You pray until something breaks, until there's peace in your home again you pray you tear down spiritual strongholds not everything requires counseling a therapist and a mental health professional that's all good I'm for that and I could use a lot more of it but some things need someone with Holy Ghost authority to pray the prayer of faith Jesus was teaching us that there is a strong man that must be bound bind the strong man Bind the evil, bind the darkness, pray offensive prayers. I'm talking, you're at the plate with a bat. You're not out in the field with a glove. You're at the plate with a bat and you're ready to swing offensive prayers. The kingdom of God is not inspirational quotes. The kingdom of God is the power to drive out darkness. The kingdom of God is not powerful one-liners. It is the truth that breaks bondages in people's lives. And there are demons. And demons influence the leaders of nations and have control and authority over territories. Daniel said this, talking about the area of Iraq, called it Persia. Daniel 10, 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me for I was left there with the kings of Persia. He's not talking about natural kings. He's talking about spiritual strongholds that were specific over the area of Iraq. There are devils that are connected to areas. There's been a bunch of them that, that have been tied to this area. Like it's just what it is. And so we must be spiritually wise and spiritually authoritative based on the blood of the lamb, the word of God, the power of our testimony to overcome that stuff and take authority. And demons desire to inflict suffering upon you. For example, Matthew 17, 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures. Well, he's clearly, he clearly has a medical condition. He clearly needs the treatment for seizures. It's like a mixture of aspirin, Tylenol, and BC powder. Where my BC powder people at? Nobody's from the south around here. Nobody knows nothing about no BC powder. BC powder back in the day, people, it's like, it's like that, you know, that, 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 it's not Pez, but it's a powder and you eat it with the fun dip. It's like medical fun dip. BC powder for medical fun dip. You shake that stuff up, it'll cure what ails you. Anyway, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire, and often he falls into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. 
And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And so physical symptoms weren't just needing a medical professional. There were some things that had to be cast out by somebody with spiritual authority. The boy was healed instantly. And more importantly than that, there are demons that work to lure you away from God with false teaching. I showed you those pictures when I started of churches that have gone awry. They've apostatized themselves, 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, say that's us. In latter times, that's us. Some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Demon teachers are rising in our city. I don't want it to be that case, but honestly, demon teachers are rising in our city. And so it's time for us in prayer, through our resistance, we are the resistance, we are the remnant of God to resist that. Like we don't treat our enemy lightly, folks. We're not toying around with this stuff, but we're aware. Like Jude 1 and 9 says this, but when the archangel Michael, now as far as angels go, Michael's a Navy SEAL, okay? Gabriel, Michael, those are not low-level angels. Those are high-level angels. And so it says, but when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment. He said, the Lord rebuke you, even the angel Michael did not use his own authority. He used the authority of our Savior to accomplish the work he needed to accomplish. And so if, a, if, a, if an angelic being of high power understood the authority comes from the finished work of Christ, how much more should we as the people of God know that our authority comes from the finished work of Christ? They can't terrorize your children. They can't abuse your family. They can't have their way if you'll stand up and pray the prayer of faith and bind the strong man. Bind the evil. Curse the darkness. Shine the light. We don't flirt with darkness. I'm telling you, we don't flirt with darkness. You need to go home and, uh, you know, there's, I'm sure they don't have any VCR tapes. But you need to stop streaming the stuff that's bringing the demonic into your home as entertainment. You're, you're, you're pumping strongholds into your house. Stop. Amen. Deuteronomy 18.10 says, There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his sons or daughters as an offering. So Christians have never been a part of human sacrifice. Anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer. It's a fascinating study to see how the spirit of sorcery comes upon people when they make meth. And it's happening all over our country, you know, all over our county. You know, the white people drugs. As they make that meth, there's a, I have a book about it and I, I've talked to guys that have done it. It's the spirit of sorcery. It's, it's, it <sighs> interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer 
or a medium or a necromancer, somebody who communicates with the dead or one who inquires of the dead for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. None of that is okay for a child of God. None of that is normal for a child of God. None of that is to be embraced by a child of God. We are to eschew, the Bible says, or push away or say, ew, no, evil like that. Amen, church. We don't fight with our power, but we fight with God's authority in these things. Matthew 10 and 1 says, and he called to him 12 disciples, gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every affliction. We stand as God's ambassador. We stand as God's authority. We don't stand in our own strength. We are children of the light and we appeal to our heavenly father for our strength to overcome. Fathers, it's time to pray in your home. And when I feel like things are not going well, I'll get out the oil. I'll anoint the doorposts of my home. I'll call upon, I'll call upon the power there is in Christ and I'll ask for angels to be encamped around my house to protect it from evil. It is not a joke. It is not something for wacky people to do. I'm not about to break out flags and start blowing shofars here this morning. But you hear me. We are engaged in a spiritual fight. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The victory is ours. It's time for spiritual house cleaning in this church. Time for spiritual house cleaning. There's some music that you're listening to that glorifies murder and darkness. There's some, when you, when you get in your Trans Am, sir, and you let your mullet blow in the breeze, you listen to that 80s hair metal, it's glorifying the devil. You need to stop. That's why. I only listen to the Biggie Clean mix on Spotify because I know the Lord wouldn't want me to give up Biggie completely, but I got the Spotify Clean mix, and so it's kind of silent in a lot of places, but I can just worship, just glorify God. I'm having fun, but honestly, we need to, we need to have a spiritual house cleaning. And some stuff, you know, we're so innocent and we're so pure that we don't think it's actually happened. But there are times it has happened and it's time for us just to repent for our household. So there's times I repent for my household, whether right or wrong, I still do it. I got to repent for anything brought in this house, anything we've done as a family, anything that would dishonor you, God, in any way I've led us that is wrong. God, I repent. I turn to you. I look to you. I don't, I don't want anything that is evil. I only want what is good. And I realize that my righteousness can't accomplish this. I appeal to your righteousness and ask you for your grace. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.